In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What is an old man to do? Well, I'll tell you what an old man ain't to do. He doesn't break new ground. What he does, what he needs to do, is to remind. And that's what I'm intending to do with you today. I need to remind you. For Valerie's sake, or whoever the poor soul is who has to figure out the titles that go on the internet, what I'm preaching on today is the afterglow of the transfiguration. We're in the afterfeast of the transfiguration. But I really want to emphasize the afterglow of the transfiguration. Now, I need to remind you of something. I'm going to remind you of several things. First of all, nothing, nothing is important as the kingdom of God. That's what everything in this life is about. And if you forget it, you've lost everything. Lest you be shut out of the kingdom as we hear in the bridegroom services. The, the foolish virgins who were shut out, you must not be shut out of the kingdom. Children of parents who grew up in this parish, don't get shut out of the kingdom. We all need to be reminded of that. Now, I'm going to relate that today to the transfiguration. Then I have good, uh, good precedent, by the way. St. Peter says, uh, and by the way, with uh, apologies to Father Nicholas, I'm going to actually use the same text that was for yesterday for the epistle. Not because he didn't do it justice, because he did it great justice, but... I've pondered this gospel for several weeks, and I have about five or six sermons. I'll try to limit it to one. Just one. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, transfiguration, afterpeace of the transfiguration. Well, you know, we celebrate the feast, and then the feast is over, and then we celebrate the afterpeast. And uh, now we, what we're supposed to do is we just forget about it, right? Well, because we're heading towards dormition. We're heading towards the falling asleep of the mother of God. Uh, and we've got to have a new year uh, in between, okay? Uh, that's not quite right. We don't celebrate a feast to get it over with. We celebrate a feast to let it do something in us. And particularly, this feast has an afterglow. Now, some of you do not know the very early origins of this parish. And I want to remind the people who were here. This parish was never started to be an Orthodox church. We couldn't even spell orthodox. 
And if we could, we'd have had no clue what it meant. I mean that sincerely. I had no idea there was such a thing as an Orthodox church except those silly Greeks. And whatever, they, they were just Catholics from Greece. My goodness. The reason this parish started and the reason the Church of Jesus Christ was started was to find a place, the place, to experience the kingdom of God. You remember that? I remember Father Richard and I, old Dick and John. We were running about Isla Vista, talking about the kingdom of God. And I remember a good friend of mine who had been a student of mine, actually, at many, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, academy in Minneapolis, uh, saying, oh, Dick Ballou's on one of those kicks again. It'll be over pretty soon. Well, it isn't over yet. We were looking for the kingdom. We understood that's what Jesus preached. We understood that this life was all about. Now, transfiguration has something to do with that in particular, and especially the afterglow, which is proper to talk about on the afterfeast. Now, for some of you, I want to show you how brilliant I am. See what big print I have? So I can read without glasses. Says St. Peter in the text that was read yesterday, for... We did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but, and now out of everything Peter had experienced from the day he met the Lord when Andrew took him to, to the Lord, out of everything that Peter knew, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the widow of Nain's son raised from the dead, Peter himself walking on the water. Out of everything he had seen, he says, we didn't follow cleverly, cleverly devised tales will be made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Who were eyewitnesses of his majesty? Three people. James, Peter, and John. Three people he's talking about here. For when he, Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance was made to him by the majestic glory. That's the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard the utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Out of every miracle 
out of every astonished thing, astonishing thing that Peter had seen and heard when he gets to this reminding business in his first letter, he picks the transfiguration. Well, there's probably a lot of reasons that I'm going to give you one, and I'm going to keep reading. So, we have the prophetic word made more sure. Many of you know that I have said over and over again that the reason I believe in Jesus Christ is because of prophetic utterance. I believe because I've read the prophecies. I have some grasp of them, and I see them fulfilled in Christ. And I read, quote, this was done in order that that what was spoken by the prophet so-and-so might be fulfilled. And my heart is filled with belief because of that. Now, says Peter, so we have the prophetic word made more sure. How can you make it more sure? By the transfiguration, you can make it more sure. Why? Why? To which you, that's you, not me, <laughs> to which you do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. That's where my homily is, as, as a lamp. The afterglow of the transfiguration is like a lamp shining in a dark place. Is not the world in which you live and raise your children a very, very dark place? If you think this world is a wonderful place aglow, you must have been asleep for the last 500 years. It's a dark place. Wrong has now become right, and right has now become wrong. Darkness. This is a gloomy generation, and it's very difficult to maintain your faith in that coming glorious eternal kingdom. I mean, you got to worry about braces on your kids' teeth. you got to worry about keeping your job. you got to worry about being politically correct. you got to worry in what's going to happen to your kids. you got to worry about ballet lessons. you got to worry about getting kids to practice. you got to worry about keeping your marriage together. you got to worry about so many things. you got to worry about the nightmare going on around you. Do you know what you need in the midst of it all? If you live in a world of darkness, there's really only one thing you need. A lamp. A lamp. Now, why is the transfiguration a lamp? Well, it's pretty simple. In Matins, oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, I assume that's a nozzle. I don't know. No, it's not nozzle, but whatever you think. Glorious. The transfiguration is about 
light. That's what it's about. Well, sort of, in this sense. What happened? Peter, James, and John, they're on the mountain, and suddenly the Lord appears utterly in light, lighter, the old King James said, as no fuller could whiten them. A fuller was what we'd probably today call a dry cleaner. It was light. Jesus appeared utterly, utterly as light. What they saw, now listen, what Peter, James, and John saw on the mountain when they saw Jesus transfigured, they saw him as he really, really looked like, but they normally couldn't see it, nor could anybody else, because they didn't have the eyes to see it. He was always the glorious, eternal Son of the Father. In his incarnation, he was still the eternal Son of the Father. He still had great glory, but we couldn't see it. Because having eyes to see, we see not, and ears to hear, we hear not. And suddenly the apostles, these three, they see him in utter light. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, probably several hundred reasons. I'm serious. Just one. Says St. John, Beloved, we do not now know what we shall be. What's he talking about? What we will be like in the kingdom of God. What we will be, we will be like when the Lord returns and we enter the eternal kingdom. He says, beloved, we don't now know what we shall be like, but we know that when we see him, do you know the rest of the verse, any of you? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Who has seen him as he really is? Peter, James, and John, they saw him glorified on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw the light. They saw him as he is in incredible glory. Incidentally, it doesn't say that Moses and Elijah glowed with light because they haven't been glorified yet. They got to wait for us. So the transfiguration needs to be maintained in your heart. Because it gives you hope. You say to yourself, why did I just do that stupid thing I did? More accurately, why did I just do that sinful thing I did? Because you haven't been transfigured yet. But you have a hope. You have a hope. Someday, I'm going to be like him, for I shall see him as he is. How am I going to survive this day? How am I going to survive this sickness? How am, I going to, how am I going to survive this challenge, this terminal challenge to my life? I need a lamp. I need a light. I need something to show me the way. What can show me the way? 
The transfiguration can show you the way. It's a light as you breathe your last. As Mama breathed her last, I knew she was going to just in a couple of in seconds, the angels were going to take her, and she was going to be light. That's the hope. You got to keep it in your heart. You won't make it otherwise. You'll get too discouraged. Because life is discouraging many times, is it not? You need hope. But you got to have something to hang your hope on. Oh, in the darkest hour, in the most dark hour, you need a light. And the light can get you through. Because you can literally say, oh, glory be to God. Because that's what he's going to make me. And that's what he's going to make you. You, need, you know all this. You just need to be reminded. Now, don't you? You need to be reminded and you need to put your faith in it. You need to be reminded that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I had a funny experience sitting here this morning. I've told you before, the first verse in the Bible I learned is God is love. And I realized as I sat there, no, it's not. You know what the first verse I learned from the Bible was? You haven't the slightest idea. I learned, You know what I just said? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The 36-year-old seminarian, David Braun, taught his son, Johnny, his first verse of scripture. The Lord's Prayer in Greek. Probably three years old. Kingdom. Kingdom. Thy kingdom come. That's what it's about. You don't want to be shut out of the kingdom, so you need a light in a dark place until the day star arises, until the day, day, till the day draw, dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. We're waiting for the day to dawn, aren't we? We're waiting for the morning star. Do you know who? The morning star is. Jesus is the bright and morning star. So glow. Let the glow of the transfiguration not leave you with the afterfeast, not leave you during dormition, or not leave you during the new year, or not leave you during any time. Let it glow to get you through the darkness until the day star dawns in your heart.